Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Do you believe you can live a pain-free, vital life? Do you want to step back into your power and share your gifts with the world? Are you ready to make a commitment to you? It's time to reclaim your inheritance as a self-healer. Welcome to the nature of healing. Hello, healers. I'm Roseanne. You're all in for a treat today. I have a woman who represents a segment of the population that doesn't get much play, the voice of our elders. Today's discussion is called Healing Challenges, the Elder Perspective. We don't often hear their perspective unless they're part of our family. Even with all the avenues for communication available to us, their voices are rarely heard in the greater community. Why is that? Is it because they remember life during more simpler times? Would they paint a different reality than what exists today? Would they show us that our fall into mandates and tyranny has happened almost overnight? Our elderly are the wisdom leaders. And they are dropping off fast in numbers, especially those who end up in nursing homes or assisted living centers. But not my guest. Her name is Megan Simpson of California, and she is outspoken and knowledgeable, willing to speak her truth about what is happening in her community and in California. Megan is part of the heirloom farming tradition of yesteryear when growing herbs and vegetable gardens was commonplace. She describes herself as a non-toxic living earth mother who's worked with kids all her life. And she is so much more, as we'll soon find out. We've heard from the millennial perspective last week, and today we have the elder perspective, because Megan is here to share her voice and her stories with us. Megan, thank you for being here. Welcome. Well, hello. Hello, hello. I love you and your audience and everything I've learned about you at a distance. And, um, well, I'm a little old lady who's 74, and um, I'm in recovery from Western uncivilization. And um, so I'm very eager to um, just let you guys talk to me uh, about all of the different things on the plate. I know I come from California where our governor, Jerry Brown, a few years ago, was signing off these things. First of all, it was for kids. And it was like, if your kid is 12 years old or older, and some officials or school nurse or somebody wants to approach them and uh, give them some kind of uh, vaccinations, they didn't even have to report it to their parents. And it was considered like, I read that over and over again. Did I contact my Sacramento government? Did I say, Jerry Brown, you have just lost it to the max. You've already done enough things to destroy public schools in my state where I grew up and went to the best 
schools in the country. We had the best national endowment for the arts competitions and drove it into the ground so that California had like the worst reading kids I was meeting in my 40s who were getting out of California schools and they couldn't read and write enough to pass tests. And uh, oh, anyway. There was a time when people were flocking to California, I remember, because you can get a free college education. Uh, you had to become. Oh, yeah. Remember those days? Oh, sure. I did it. I mean, you know, I was went to University of California in art school and I took some other courses at different campuses. But yeah, it was for sure um, a much different world. I mean, I know that <laughs> I went and took some a course in graduate school before I quit going there and was teaching out at Moreno Valley High School, which was an awesome, awesome school and art department. I mean, whoa. But um, anyway, I taught in hot college before I got to high school. And nobody was taking people, dragging people off for vaccines. I grew up, well, of course, I'm, you know, I'm back in the Orange Counties where I sprouted out and grew up. And we got polio vaccines when we were little kids. I remember it on my shoulder. And my parents said, this will keep you from getting them all over your face and the rest of your body. And I went, well, that's a good thing. <laughs> And then we got a polio vaccine in the 50s at some point. I know we walked up to, I think it was Anaheim High School where they set up vaccine uh, station or something. And we walked down the hall and I think they injected us. I can't remember what method they used. But anyway, and other than a tetanus shot or things used on me in an emergency in a hospital, I don't use chemical drugs. And I've never taken cold or flu or pneumonia shots because I met so many people through the last 30 years or more, more than that, who went, you know, I took one of those cold and flu shots and I got, I never had a cold and flu before and I got sicker than I've ever been for months and I never take another one. So I always tell the doctors, uh, they give me a physical and they'd say, um, once a year and they'd say, you want the cold and flu shot. Back then, they didn't include pneumonia. I don't know why. We had humble crud and, and horrible lung problems for people up here in the cold, damp mountains in the winter. But anyway... Um, you called me last weekend and left two messages on voicemail to share your thoughts. And you didn't know me, but you wanted to reach out. And when I listened to those messages, I knew I wanted to share your voice with everyone because you're speaking uh, for a community that is underrepresented, like I said. And tell us why, right. why did you decide to call me and what was the main concern? Well, I've been real in touch with all along for years with the encroaching vaccines and all this. I think they made California the international spotlight showcase place because we started all this stuff here before they would try to go to other states and go national and then international because the right after the 16 election, Obama did a phone op where he goes national 300 force vaccines for everybody. Groovy deal. And he's like supposedly taking a shot on camera with a White House nurse or something. <clears throat> and then before he left office in December, 
there was another one where he did the did big vax, another big shot, and he said, hey, and this is global, you know, I'm signing the deal, like he could make that deal. He had enough states on his side, I don't know. So anyway, before that, I was way in touch with Dr. Rima LeBeau, I don't know if you've ever heard of her. Yes. But um, yeah. trying to figure out how I was going to, yeah, well, she was big in the movement for helping us claim whatever medical and or religious, whatever kind of rights to waiver we might have still intact in California. And that got kind of complicated, and I went way out. My doctor that was the only appropriate primary care doctor for me here in this remote area of Humboldt County, California, had gone up to Washington State, and she was not here. And I didn't know how to go through the other normal normal doctors um, and ask them to sign or recognize or defend my rights as a person who isn't going to school and I don't have an employer that demands it. Like, I'll hear these different corporations are telling people in California and around the country, I guess, well, go get registered that you've been certified vaccinated and you can come back to work, you know. But um, and the doctor, the nurse that I met recently from Mad River Hospital here, um, I told her, I said, no, I don't do any drugs. I don't do street drugs, over-the-counter drugs, big pharma drugs. And um, and I said, and I sure as hell trying to avoid any big vax. And that's when she told me. I said, so how are you doing in that? Because I asked my doctor about it, and she says, we're never going to make you take anything, Megan. But I don't have it in writing, and what happens if I end up in a hospital for some reason? And they say, hey, you got Medicare Part A and Part B, and to get services, you're going to need to have be uh, vaccinated. I don't know. That's what they had on Obamacare. I heard. Yeah, I know that uh, you can refuse to uh, be vaccinated. You can say no, thank you. Then what they're what they're planning to do next is to have you sign a form, a waiver that says that you have withdrawn your. Uh, choice to vaccinate. You're not, you're choosing not to vaccinate. But I recommend, and a lot of people are recommending that you don't sign any form that they give you because in the fine. That's what I would say. Yeah. In the fine print, you're actually agreeing to a lot of things, uh, claims that they're making about you that you would agree to, you know, that you're doing something that goes against, um, this, you know, the standard or the status quo you're maybe taking. I'm yeah. It's oh, like something like me would be committing medical tyranny on myself or something. <laughs> exactly. Or on the community. Exactly. Even if I don't have any contagious disease of any kind, I might be held liable. Yeah. That's right. I mean, you come to a hospital for a hip replacement, that doesn't mean you're contagious, right? So. Right. But, but people, they're being weaponized. Unvaccinated people are being weaponized just like, you know, you would be potentially if you went to the yeah. hospital and you used a vaccine. And unfortunately, I think they are, they're not telling you when you fill out those forms at the hospital for surgery, you could be, be getting vaccinated through an IV solution. Um, yeah. Because they describe that as a biologic. Yeah, no, I don't doubt it. Now, I had to go to emergency hospital in December of 2013. And um, 
I fell and broke my hip, and boy, I didn't think I was supposed to live through it. My doctor said, you'd probably die in the hospital of pneumonia if you ever do that. And um, But I had a really good surgeon, and my friends were there to defend my, uh, show my uh, doctor from environmental health in Texas and Sherry Rogers' recommendations for anesthesia, antibiotics, or pain meds that were approved for people that are highly chemically sensitive, and I am. <clears throat> I could only take one Norco pill when they wanted you to take four, I mean two, every four hours. I took one every 12, and I was fine until I could, didn't need them anymore, and then I used my medicinal marijuana and herbs and oils that I, I didn't have. But that's the other thing. I think, boy, I've got too many experiences where I came back from New York in 69 from a spring break. It was a wonderful trip, very spiritual, very powerful friend, family. I mean, but I caught a bug back there in March of 69. And um, it was overfilling the hospitals in New York. They just really couldn't take you. And I, I didn't want to go to the hospital there anyway. I made arrangements with my family. I could get on a flight in New York that landed in L.A., the same time they were dropping off another family member to a plane and said, I got to come home and you're going to have to put me in isolation or something. I don't want to get my family sick. It was a well crazy bug. And um, so I, they did. They just took me to the hospital and didn't catch it while I was in the car. I'm sure glad. And um, I was in isolation there. And um, I was sick, running some crazy fever. I think I ate for a few days. I'm not sure exactly, except that I was sick, sick, sick. So anyway, the, at one point, the IV that the nurse had in my arm was, became so painful that I couldn't go to sleep. And um, so I called and asked for her to help me. And she came in and tried and tried and tried to put the IV in a little better, but I guess my illness, I usually have good IVs, but my, you know, I'm skinny and I stick up on top of your skin. But um, she could not get it rerouted. And so finally she said, look, Megan, I'm sorry. We'll have to try to do this later, but she said, I have an idea. If I use some coating and put it right in there where the IV is, where it's painting you, that that will help ease the pain until we can get it going again. I think I was on IVs probably just, probably for eating too. I, I really don't even remember food at the Corona Hospital. But um, anyway, um, as soon as she, I said, well, my mom gave me, my mom would never say just take anything. And I said, well, my mom gave me codeine number eight for pain with my first day of my menstrual cycle and my mid-teens, I just wake up going, oh man, if this is anything like labor pains, I'm never getting pregnant. Mm -hmm. But anyway, um, and those had been okay for me. And codeine cough syrup, which was real codeine that they gave you at this nurse's station in the school. But this was not like that. I found out later they could call code synthetic made from chemical codeine, codeine, and it wasn't. But she put that in my IV, and she had no longer gone out of the room. 
very long when I went, oh my God, I'm going to pass out and die. I could just feel this, my life force, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, there was a button up behind my head of my bed in that hospital. And I said, I think that's what I'm supposed to do because I didn't know how to call them from there. And I rang it and rang it and they came in and I told them exactly what I felt. And I said, oh my God. And so then they brought me out and they had me, I don't know, I remember coming to about seven times and they had antidotes or whatever, and whatever they give you to counteract something. And I, it went a few rounds and, and they finally got me back on planet Earth. But, you know, I've just, that's just one story I've known of things that have gone terribly awry with big, what I call big AMA Mafia Medical. Yeah. Well, uh, did I say the wrong word? No, you're fine. You're you're an outlaw. Oh, you know, people are all saying about Medicare for all these days, right? Medicare for all, universal, well, if it's been good for old people and disabled, let's crank on it. And I go, no, I go, we need universal, holistic, integrative uh health care for all we don't need more just plain old excessive poison drugs and excessive surgeries and uh, some really stupid invasive tests that's not health care for all and get organic for god's sake but anyway yeah well you know i, I mean, think we're, we're kind of at a crossroads we could go either direction i think in many countries mm-hmm. In many countries, the medical degree is not really often given without a degree in phytotherapy, which is, which is also called medical herbalism. And herbs are oh yeah, herbs are prescribed prior to pharmaceuticals in many areas of the world. Yeah, England used to be like that a lot. We have some English herbologists that do the best er- organic herbal stuff and medical and, and integrative. They came here, and by 2004, they had a weekly radio show, and a a farm set up, this couple, Dr. Murphy, um, Andrew Murray, and um, the herb doctor. (laughs) But I know my friends tell me, who have relatives in Denmark, that when they go for their standard medical care, they get all kinds of modalities besides the dull, normal, everything. They get herbs, they get chiropractics they get I forget all the things she was telling me and she'd say oh and yeah you know that other new thing that's really helping I go yeah she goes my aunt gets it it's free they just order it and it's on her doorstep you know so is that my old school mind that goes back to relatives family friends and everybody saying how well East Germany was the greatest holdout for organic wasn't wasn't it before they took the wall down and everybody cried going now they're just going to make them use pharma, big pharma, big poison, petro, everything, and mess up East Germany. <laughs> yeah, well, that's part, that's, of the, part of the reason I think they're doing away with borders is to make kind of a one-world government. At least that's under the UN agenda. It seems like that's yeah going. But, I mean, yeah. yeah, you can find little pockets of these, uh, you know, places where you have a choice. Like, in there's Tufts University here in this country where they have an accredited clinical rotation and integrated approaches to healing as part of their. Oh, sure. Oh, that's what's kept me alive is learning that, that those things are all going on. And, you know, being up in Oregon where there were, well, one of the most famous doctors, 
Yeah, but so where, you live now, where you live in California, it's becoming a fascist situation. It's becoming social. Oh, yeah. Well, in other states, I don't know what they did to Oregon because I used to have plates and driver's license and everything for both states because I was conceived in Oregon, born in California. Mm. <laughs> and family and friends, both sides. My parents ended up retiring up there in the 80s and their 70s because, you know, it was part of our home trail, you know. <laughs> Learn to go fishing on the Kalamath River, get out of Southern California for your health. It was always the same thing. Coming up here to get healthy and then hope you don't get toxic from something else they're spraying or doing. Yeah, I think in Oregon, though, in other states, they're trying to do away with the uh, exemptions, vaccine exemptions, except for medical. Yeah, that's all I've heard. Yeah. So I was curious, how do you stay healthy when all of your friends are, you know, you're, you're seeing your friends who are getting sick and under doctor's care doing worse? How do you stay healthy and living on your own? Well, I, first of all, years ago, I had to learn uh, that I got chemically injured by toxic carpeting in our healing arts building that I was part of. It was a big thing up in Oregon. And um, but the uh, we had a massage sanctuary and a come-as-you-are yoga studio class and, and a great room and kitchens on both ends and a uh, place where we did Reiki and a lot of different modalities, you know. I learned to use ear candles to help older people get the wax out of their ears, and that still blows my mind. Mm -hmm. If I ever need that, i got to find somebody to do it for me. <laughs> but um, anyway, um, yeah, well, I just had to stop eating anything that was not organic, uh, uh, pure format, you know whether it's what I use, Dr. Young's products for a smoothie to put in my whole raw milk or whole organic, just barely ultra-pasteurized milk. I am not a vegan. I'm a mammal, and I like milk and cheese uh -huh. <laughs> and butter, uh, organic, you know, unsalted. <clears throat> but I use Himalayan salt and, and uh, you know, I lead a pretty simple life because I had to just delete everything that I couldn't do gluten. I, that happened. I think I got GMO damaged from eating veggie burgers up in Oregon that we didn't even know what GMO was 20 years and plus ago when I was up there for years. Uh, and we just knew they showed up with these yummy different, three different brands of veggie burgery things that we could order at a cafe or you could get them in the Doors and take them home and heat them up. And when you're taking care of senior parents and your dog and about 20 other things and the healing arts and going dancing and playing music with the blues bands that I was working with up there, uh, it was really nice to have something kind of you could put it together and slice some onion and sauce and put it in a pan. And, you know, I ate a bunch of those because I, I was either that or organic home grass-fed beef that was harvested compassionately to high meditation music and um, no and alpha rhythms so <laughs> and friends that hunted things that were wild we thought were probably safer than any of commercial things but I pretty much went vegetarian I just I don't want to eat anything out of our bay up here, knowing everything that's wrong with us. I grow oysters like crazy now. 
spent millions of dollars out of our bay and more and more stuff they want to do like that. But um, I just went, I don't, I can't eat gluten. So that was a big damn deal. And um, so I eat gluten-free buns and, and celebrations to Molly's and I eat, use, I make medicine water from alkaline purified water that I then add minerals and salts and liquid minerals like I don't know the brands I have here. But that's been my idea of how to get the minerals that I'm not getting from anything else all the time. I make this rich waters with these real assimilable colloidal minerals. Because what I learned years ago was if you could take all the vitamins you want, but they're kind of like what gets delivered in the train cars coming in, delivery service. And the train tracks that get the cars and the train caboose and everybody from one end to the other coming in and delivered into your body temple are um, rocks and metals. And if we don't have a, a really wide spectrum of assimilable, not just rocks you get or ground up in the mall store calcium products or something and that stuff, it's just rocks. I mean, you're not really getting assimilable. So um, I learned a lot about that and um, I'm on a fundraiser too to even put more good minerals because I don't get a lot of sun up here, so I take liquid vitamin D, and um, I don't go to tanning beds, and I'm open to suggestions for how, because I do live in such a nice overcast marine layer, it doesn't get too hot or too, too cold. We had a lot of snow here for the first time at this level this year. My truck was covered with snow one morning. I went, that's never happened unless I went up to 2,500 or 3,000 feet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's a changing world for sure, but you have figured out that you need to go back to basics, basically, and and right clean and alkalinity, making sure you're balancing yeah. alkalinity and yeah. not acidosis. Right, uh, and that's for your microbes as well as your tissue states. So, are you taking? Yeah. Are you? drinking kefir or with your raw milk or is that the food that oh yeah oh yeah well i don't have any keith good kefir like we used to from organic pastures they had the best raw milk dairy in the world i think at least in our country or maybe on but um they couldn't deliver them up here they don't allow raw dairy in the humble dairy for some reason county so we used to have to get it toted in by special delivery from Fresno area, where they do have one of the best, most high-tech raw dairies. They make kefir and whole milk and cream and butter and cheese. Oh, man, that stuff. I, we had a raw, them deliver that to our porch up here years ago. We'd put big coolers out and get all our orders figured out. Oh, we hated it that we couldn't get it delivered. Now the only way you can get it delivered up here is uh, on dry ice, 48-hour delivery, and it's really expensive because my body doesn't react like it does to other dairies. I used to eat our humble dairy, they called it organic, comes in a carton, and my doctor said, you really got to do milk again, and I go, fine. So I tried that, and every time i do it, my ears would just get sore and infected, isn't that weird? I've heard of kids getting a dairy reaction when they're really young. 
and yes. they'd have real ear issues. Yeah, my kids and, had that when I transferred them to pasteurized milk, and then I got them off of it pretty quickly after that. Yeah, pasteurized or homogenized, either one, right? Right. So, yeah, I just knew. I, I told my doctor, I said, I can't do that milk. It's not clean enough. Whatever was going on, I'd never drink it again because twice when I did it, I'd go take, have to take my little earrings out, wear a little 14 karat gold with white gold on the back because I'm allergic to a lot of gold if it isn't clean enough. And take them off and put uh, hydrogen peroxide and put some alcohol and just treat it. And put some essential oils that I learned to use too that would be just really good and easy. But um, that's what I know about dairy. <laughs> far as I've come and they've just kept in growing this dairy more people want to be organic grass-fed California hook up with them so we've been grateful for that and I used to take probiotics um, for years because I had digestive issues from what I now believe to be GMO because once I stopped eating GMOs and um, learn to sort that out and anything that wasn't organic um it helped a lot and i did treat be treated with all kinds of essential oils for like candida uh, digestive it was my digestive that mm -hmm. I, I learned oh five drops of tea tree oil after you ate a maybe not quite perfect meal it might have had some yeast your nutritional yeast was not good for candida or anything like that but I just learned, a woman taught me that first. She said, Megan, you're doing everything so right. You got a lot of good herbs and tinctures and uh, all that. She said, but it helps a lot. She says, just try putting five drops of tea tree oil on the back of your tongue and washing it down with some nice tea or juice or water or whatever. And that was really a big revelation. And then I learned a lot about essential oils. When Young Living came in a package to my parents home where I was taking care of them up there and that was in, two, in 1996 7 and we all went oh my god and people I saw my parents overcome hearing loss because the oils treated the rebuilding really of the insulation around the auditory nerve and where they needed the remote and turn it up really high we're going to break the speakers it would be like a, a few applications of that on the outside of the ear and just the right acupressure spots and different oils all worked. It was like, ah, their hearing's back. They can hear the birds outside. I don't need to raise my voice. Wow. And so, Amazing story. Uh, then I see other things like people had, what do you call that when the small of your back is wonky? Anyway, it's usually in, a lot in the smaller, lower part of the back. And uh, people just get it and don't know how to get over it. Um, but Dr. Gary Young in San Francisco years ago, I saw him use what he had done all this research because he started out in his naturopathic practice where uh, he was learning all these things with nat nat do I say it right? Naturopathy? Yeah. Um, and he had a client or patient that brought him the world's finest healing medicinal lavender. She was told it was 
this isn't just a nice perfume, but this is supposed to be, and that was, I don't know, 25, 30 years ago. And he went, well, let's see what happens. And he was already into using dark field, you know how you do blood studies, where you take the blood and then instead of having to just look through a microscope, you put it under something and then you show it up on a big TV screen. You can see all your blood cells, the red and whites. Even have them in color now. But, yeah, um, live, live blood analysis. Yeah, live blood. Okay. Well, I, I guess that's old term I got picked up many years ago. But he uh, asked her to, uh, first of all, he took a little blood sample and they looked at her blood and saw it and it was like, her cells looked like she had that raggedy ass coming down with the flu and cold symptoms, right? But she did. She had said, I'm feeling lousy. So um, then he had her inhale it only, which is real true aromatherapy. It's you deep breathe it up through your healing center and the top of your pituitary tineal and king and queen control pins for your immune function, as I understand it. And it goes like from there to in 20 minutes or so, it'll go to every cell in your body and have it. It works with the blood, the fluid, the water, the oxygen somehow. And that's why essential oils are so get to everything medicine is because it, it, it's like, I guess, topical things people use for anything probably go to every cell in their body fast. I don't know. But when he just waited for a while like that and then took a second blood sample and you could just see her blood cells were all changed up and um, that there's, you know, so I, I got on a path with that with my senior parents and other people and and it's still a constant part of things that keep me together young living essential oils and food products because even their wolf berries and their ninja red juice I take a couple shots of that a day out of the fridge after it's open it's got so many antioxidants and oils and everything in it and the wolf berries um Ninja berries, they come from the most award-winning high valley up in China where they just they don't have the pollution up there. And they've really gone in the last 20 years and helped actually expand and, and protect those berry orchards up there. They're all over the world because people all over the world now can order their oils and they've got more people growing it in every continent whether it's over in the Middle East, the people that have the best sandalwood or the best frankincense or anyway, it just over the years, they went from one little farm up in Idaho and where he heard his first beautiful uh, big lavender crop to um, people and, you know, saying I've got 40,000 pristine acres in Colorado and you can figure out how to use any of that and protect it and, and farm and, and grow things for the oils. And um, it's just an amazing story because Gary Young, I believe, was the one that came to pull us back together. We've been messed up ever since Big Chemical said, uh, better, sicker, living through chemistry. And we started having all these synthetic artificial things and everything, right? Right. It smells sort of like peppermint, but it ain't peppermint. And um, so 
it was like that had gotten so far that the essential oil market in our country was technically junk. All it really meant was if it said pure lavender on the label, it meant it could be 2% and only that part could just be chemical lavender, not the real thing, even our medicinal. And the rest of it could be just some, um, what you call a, a diluting agent. And you didn't even have to put it on the label what it was, you know. So, we, and yeah, and we learned, well, you got to make it from real plants and you got to have the plant name and not just this, you know, not just a, a sandalwood. They can make fake sandalwood and call it sandalwood, evidently. And so all of that stuff about learning to read the labels in this country and how poison control, how they took poison control emblems off in the 70s when our ecology club and Ralph Nader and Rachel Carson and all that were really big in my life when I was growing up. I thought we were going to clean up and save the world and peacefully sail on into the 21st century. You and I, <laughs> I thought so too, and we really have gone in different directions since then because of the interests that control this country and the, and the world. And I feel like it's... Oh. UN agenda, you know, the UN agenda is, is oh. through international treaty laws. Oh, yeah. what? Well, what is that Bill Gates thing? He just came out with a thing. Oh, you're worried about too many vaccines? He's going out to, of course, Big Pharma does it for him. Come up with what he calls a universal vaccine for everybody for all things. <laughs> and he'll do it. I mean, what that guy turns out, I can't keep up with the crippy. It's all... Crazy things that they call charity and give and for inflict on people in our country or other countries. And this is the opportunity for people to really understand that they have a choice. That they can't. They can say no to these things. And for those people who, who that's can, what I want to do. I want to be able to tell my friends of any age how they can stand up and say no and I don't have anything in print I just know well you should claim your waiver or make sure you find a doctor <laughs> that'll let you claim your medical waiver well that was my next and question for you is that you are not afraid to let people know your truth and it's people like you who get out there and and talk to your community I don't think you do need to have um uh, a special platform necessarily. You just need to talk to people and let it spread word of mouth. And that's what you're doing. Oh, right. How do you, so my question is, how do people respond to you if, if they don't know you and you're telling them this? Well, I tell it to people that kind of know me. I haven't been on the radio about it, even though I call my friends who are into it, younger women that are bringing up their children with totally non-toxic homestead, personal care house, Gary Young and Young Living's products. And God bless his soul, he passed away last year. And the whole world was one way or another on a podcast for his memorial service there in Utah. Anyway, what was you asking me? How do I say that again? I'm well, sorry. How do people respond to you when you talk about your truth for people who don't know you? Well, I don't bring it up all the time. If people aren't mentioning anything, that usually comes up because, like the last time I was starting to tell you about, an uh, in-home nurse was here just to kind of check me out. I don't want to go to stinky hospitals. I'm chemical. My doctor ordered me to have some in-home care for blood draws and 
weigh me up, check my oxygen is 98 or 99. If it's 100, do you explode? I don't know what oxygen is really good, but my lungs are clear. And my heart rate is high 80s usually, or if I go to the doctor, it's pushing 90s. Uh, but I can't tell. I mean, you know, I, it's, it's okay. Well, my blood pressure is always on the low side of okay, fine, normal. Um, but I was asking her while she was sitting here, asking me about what I did about this and that. I'm taking my vitals. And I said, and I'm not taking any big backs either, by the way. I said, did you know that the governor voted in, it's all permissible for 300 forced vaccines for everybody uh, from womb to tomb? I said, from the time your mom gets pregnant, you could be getting injected until they've got you sick as a dog in the hospital or on your last leg somewhere. And, uh, and I said, it freaks me out because I told her I'd asked my doctor, Connie Bash, um, about it. And if they were and her staff at her clinic are forced to take vaccines like that, but I'd like to know if they're all going to get sick one of these days. What the? hell happened to him so she just told me she said well megan she said i took the, the vaccines because i'm an in-home nurse and i'm a professional and i go a lot of places and she said if i didn't take the whatever the vaccines are and i'm sorry she was in and out of here so fast i didn't get a list but i called up afterwards to see if i could find out what in-home nurses had to take and they referred me to our local county public health, I think, office, which I haven't called yet. But um, she told me that if she didn't take all her required vaccines for a, a nurse, that she would have to wear a mask everywhere she goes. And I said, oh, well, what about, I said, all day long, anywhere you go to the library or shopping or to a wedding or what? I mean, I mean, who's protecting who, right? Right. So I don't, I don't, I don't even understand that quite. Except I do understand she doesn't want to walk and drive around and be only seen during working time, at least with a mask on. <laughs> but I've had to wear a mask just to make sure sometimes I could protect myself from fumes in a elevator or in a business meeting I had to attend, and I take my little personal air supply, and that helps a lot. Well, you're but, right about um, the question about who's protecting whom when you're wearing that mask because, you know, people come in off the street into hospitals all the time and they're not wearing masks. So yeah, it, it doesn't exactly. make any sense whatsoever. And I, I think before people figure it out, they're going to just make everybody or they're going to try to force everybody to get vaccinated so that there is no difference, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Well, I guess this is what my mom told me about as a kid. She said, you know, there's time of great conflict of the ages. As That was her, I guess, in her background of um, prophetic movement, uh, Jewish-Christian prophetic movement that said, you know, they're going to try to squeeze everything out of this earth, and they're trying to make more and more snake oil out of everything. And they had a background and a lady prophet before, long before I was born that warned everybody about these big pharma drugs because they'd seen it. Like, 
wasn't that many years ago that they were just like, what, George Bush's great-great-granddaddy or something pulling oil out of the ground, and they literally started making snake oil and just selling it in the town square or something, you know. That's right. That's, and so they were all telling me about that, and they said, we don't take drugs. We don't even need aspirin. We're going to have some peppermint alfalfa, lemon juice, tea, and my mom used to say, you got a headache? Oh, well, let's just eat all the flavonoids out of the inside of those big navel oranges. It was full of something, and your headache was gone. That and the right herb tea, maybe some lemon juice. I never get headaches. but um, Yeah, all of this is great information from the past that hasn't really, it's not the too distant past either, that's all being erased. All of these natural home remedies, um, even food is medical. Right. Nobody wants... Yes. No one's going to know that this existed ever. That's exactly right. I wanted to go retire for a while in Ecuador because the weather's perfect and the food is the best in the world. The quinoas are, they don't have anything at the world's biggest markets up there in Cotacachi, Ecuador, that isn't the most incredible heirloom organic. They haven't been able to, you can't believe how beautiful all the potatoes are and everything. Uh, wow. You know, because they haven't even afforded to be in the big-time chemical farming. And um, so I thought, well, I'm going to go, and I'm going to write everything, and then I'll research it some more because they have free, free Wi-Fi, I mean, free Internet, and free unlimited phone calls to anywhere in the United States, Europe, all of Mexico, and, uh, and down there. And I guess you could call around the countries down around Ecuador, too. But uh, I could also be on my radio station that we, I helped found here in uh, Humboldt County years ago, which is a Pacifica listener-sponsored community radio called KMUD.org. And uh, I knew I grew up in Southern and Northern California with KPFA and KPFK, which were Pacifica radio stations that was listener-sponsored and bring out people talking about all kinds of real life people issues and culture, lots of culture. Oh, why do we love music and dance and good theater and poetry? We have even poetry shows on our radio shows. Well, anyway. Well, I think they're all, I think everybody's glad you're there in that community so you can, you know, keep this going. Yeah. And you have yeah. established a radio station, no less. I think you should be on the radio there. I know I'm supposed to get back on the radio. I used to do a lot more radio. And um, I used to have a show when I came back from Oregon. It was called Detox Show. Ah, <laughs> I like we that. All, <laughs> yeah. Well, it was all about uh, living, learning, and leading beyond toxics. And a lot of the people here really care about that, you know. They moved here to not use petrochemicals and not have wall-to-wall -wall carpeting and oh it's the wall-to-wall -wall carpeting that really punched my lights out by the way i had a respiratory therapist tell me megan you have toxic carpet syndrome and that's why you can't take if your air isn't clean enough to breathe if it's too polluted i had reactive airway syndrome which means it's the strangest thing you're going hey i've been a yoga breather a deep diver a body surfer i uh, 
I mean, every way there was, was but, and including dancing, hard rock and roll improv and rhythm and blues and jazz all night. But I haven't used my lungs. And singing and chanting. I can chant Tibetan chants with the deepest bass chanters. <laughs> well, anyway, don't get me started, but I've done it. And Jill Purse is coming back to the United States. She's a woman who makes a whole life of doing that and healing people in all directions. Mm -hmm. It's quite amazing if you ever get a chance to look her up. J-I-L-L-P-U-R-C-E, I think. She's from England. And they know all these chanting, toning things that clear your bloodstream and your bones or glands are all happy to the marrow. And it's really true. And I don't know why I can't get more people. I've got didgeridoo players up here and Tibetan bowls singers that can really get it going out on the sidewalk till we're just hooping and, and chanting really deep didgeridoo is hot you know it is so healthy for you to learn yes. to play do you know what a didgeridoo is yes it's uh it's an instrument uh, from australia there that that is a healing yeah well a guy from australia told me they invented them to do what the all oh, around the world there's different cultures besides tibet that know how to do as Jill's purse lines it out really good. She says there's deep tone chanting, overtone. It's like really like two and a half octaves that Tibetan monks can do behind below the lowest usual normal vocal range that humans have. Mm. And I know I got turned on to it that way when the Dalai Lama and we've been doing black hat ceremony meditations for years, I guess, in the seventies. And we invited the Dalai Lama and his monks to come up on the marina right there in San Francisco and meet with us for a couple of days. And these Tibetan monks, I got a recording of them, long play back then. I'm like, how do they do that? Well, I like singing gospel and rhythm, I mean, you know, rhythm and blues and harmonica and saxophone. It just came out, and I could start to use my vocal cords to just drop way down. And if you do it long enough, you're singing on your inhalations. It opens up a whole nother vocal mechanism that just pumping something healing. The sound is healing every part of your body and your mind. I don't know. Maybe I could heal my eyes perfect again if I did it enough. But I would like to look into it. I think that's beautiful, beautiful reminder that we are our own healing instruments. We're made to heal ourselves and our sound. Yeah, I could just sound therapy and or being around it, you know, really great ultra love sounds, Dr. Leonard Horowitz and his love chords and, and the harmony stuff that he does is far, far really righteous stuff, I believe. And he's influenced the music industry in a really good way over the past 20 years by saying, hey, you need to tune into these harmonic, better 440s, and they're different than just our standard A tuning or concert pitch for tuning forks. And you can tune a stringed instrument like a guitar or whatever. You can put it in anything you want, right? Because it's really adjustable. Um, Whereas like a piano, you'd have to really tune it a lot to adjust it from whatever standard concert is. But anyway, I guess that's enough about that. But I, I got to remind myself and having an overhead bar that I can do pull-ups on and, and um, stretch uh, and work out in spite of 
I don't ride a bicycle anymore. <laughs> I don't do body surfing anymore. So I wiggle and giggle a lot. I go out to rhythm and blues players and I take my harmonica and um, people just love to be with me when I'm hanging out, talking stories and wiggling. I can dance improv crazier than anybody else, any other white person practically. And all the ones that do like to do it, they show up at Madica Plaza. They show up at um, Opera Alley. They show up wherever we're playing, and we have concerts in the alleys now and in little tiny, uh, what do we call it, speakeasy. I don't know. You have to come and be here, I guess, to wiggle in these kind of venues. But they're healthy. We have no problems with the law. We don't have drunken behavior. We don't have Arts Alive as the first Saturday of every month in Eureka, and it goes around the county every day of the week has first Arts Alive, and that's music and dance, and the galleries are open, and now on uh, Friday nights we have Eureka Mar Friday Night Market, which is not just another farmer's market time, but it's all kinds of good foodie and drink vendors, and then the, the little Clark Plaza there, we set up the Soul Band, and different players. We have so many good, talented musicians here I can't keep up with. And um, Anna Hamilton and, and, uh, and her trio or her by herself. And I mean, so to me, that's a big part of life is being mobile and wiggling and not sitting too much. Because uh, <laughs> I got way into process. Great advice and great medicine. You know, you're right. Being mm -hmm. happy, laughing, um, just dancing and being joyful. You have, mm -hmm. you, you called me to get some information from me, but here you are giving out all this wonderful information for everybody to learn. And Well, I want to be friends with you forever. When I read that article, what was it? In, um, I get a lot of articles on all the health issues, you know, I don't know if it was Natural Blaze. I'll look back and figure it out. Yeah, it was but, um, Natural Blaze. Uh-huh. And Catherine, you know who Catherine, uh, from Mopabitch or what? I've got emails I've exchanged with her where we both cried over the same issues. We're so She's so awesome. She's riding on this whole trail, right? I mean, I, do you know who I'm talking about? No, I don't, no. Oh, I have to... Put her up in contact. Well, she often shows up in all the same news stories with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. And, you know, who else are the cutting edge people out there? Uh, God, I love him. He came to California a few years ago on the porches of the Sacramento, um, porch of the Capitol. Mm -hmm. And they had a bunch of old ladies like me out there going, R E S P E C T. <laughs> and it was all about the. You know, rights to rights to uh, consent and to refuse uh, vaccines specifically at that time. And I'm really that just came back to me. I'd forgotten about that. Oh, you I went, oh, where are the little loud. really loud? Sing that really loud again, <laughs> and get all your friends <laughs> too. I think that's a great. Yeah. I think that will get attention. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh well, yeah. We have the the, the grannies that do peace singing around here too. <laughs> Yeah. But just get him to do, a, a, yeah, in honor of Aretha Franklin, who taught me how to dance when I was a kid. I mean, she really did. It was finally her music and Little Richard and a lot of black people back then. You know, I liked to dance already, but I didn't know how to improv dance. 
I'd been taught every other kind of dance, and then I was like, okay, we're going up to the mountains and plug Aretha Franklin in with my big stereo turntable and some big speakers, my friends. We rented out a house that had 80 bunk beds in it, and all my pals and college friends from around for about, oh, they came from all over the country because we decided we're going up there for about five, six days and going to cook food and play music and be adults and turn up the sounds louder than we'd ever been able to turn them up in a dorm or in our parents' homes at home, right? Right. Well, you, you and I tell you, I got, I, I got baptized, sanctified like that a few times, and I never forgot. I, I can still improv dance at the drop of a hat. Wiggle the what? Turn it on. I'll figure it out. Unrehearsed. And, um, yeah, unrehearsed, but better than, better than if it had been, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, so you haven't mentioned how old you were. Is it appropriate for me to ask? Oh, no, I thought I told you earlier. Yeah, I'm 74. I'll be 75 in November. And um, you asked me when I called you. Well, I just felt like i got to go back over your article. And you, it was a way to contact you. And I go, this person, I just got to ask for help. I got to find out how to put my senior package together and anything else. Because I encounter people where I'll say things like, Oh, and all those vaccines are trying to keep forcing on the kids around here. And, you know, and I meet parents who know their kids have autism. That they you know, All the time I've met so many people in the last few years. But I've seen a lot of stages of autism for probably the last 30-some years. I started taking care of a kid with autism uh, down in Lake County in the 80s because I'd go and stay at Harbin Hot Springs, which was a healing arts hangout and hot and I, I don't know, they'd known me forever, so I'd go up there, and um, and this family that were staying there in one of their cabins had an autistic son, and he just loved certain forms of music, and boy, was I into it, you know. Piano he had there, and something else, and he was a pretty extreme uh, autistic kid, but he didn't like anything dark and negative and mean. He only liked light and fun and harmony. And um, I learned a lot from them because there were people there that came to the conference at the Hot Springs that were showing how you treat autistic kids. Back then, that's what they knew. And they said, you know, you don't stand around trying to look down on them and talk down to them because of it. But I didn't even know that. I just, they introduced me to him and we were in a yoga room or something and I just got down on his level and make sounds, playing on a flute or a harp or having a piano around and showing him where a couple notes are. And he quit spitting on the ground and come over and start jamming with me, you know. Wow. And how they told me that I was following all the highest rules they'd learned about for how to adapt and embrace and engage with. And they'd, been, they'd already met quite a few autistic kids. And parents back then, and I didn't even know what was causing it. They just had an autistic child, right? This was in the 80s. And um, so, anyway. Well, there yeah, are so many things how we need to start learning how to communicate differently because there's no one way to communicate. They're showing us that we need to change uh, our understanding about how they interact. And, and like you said, yes get down to their level because they are living in a different world although 
they are unreachable no. unless we know how to um, communicate on their level. Find a, co a combinations to the locks, right? Right. So that's all we have um, because they are they're going to show us and teach us about their world. Which don't is the you world. find that diet, diet, nutrition, digestive issues, um, yeah, all about healthy things, you know, like sugar and ca caffeine. I think it would be highly for a lot of autistic people would not be recommended. I don't know, but I did read a lot and see help a friend of mine whose grandson had autism before she passed away and her and he moved away but he's he's really a sweet smart kid and he doesn't get in trouble about anything he just he knows his sister's a genius musically and that she can perform and play with every group around here and and that he wants to do that and he bangs around on his guitar and his bass and and he's very artistic and i'd like to know how he's doing but um it all for him it was like he didn't drink alcohol after he got out of high school or even in high school and um i told him don't overdo the coffee and sure don't overdo sugar and other things and then i'd learn about it look it up online to see oh that you know any things that, that that about his uh intake uh that would benefit autism now he and his mom said that a lot of those things really helped yeah um Mm -hmm. Well, we have to understand, you know, that they are the canaries in the coal mine, and yeah. they can reverse it. I mean, there are many children with autism who have reversed it with their parents. Oh, yeah. And it is all That's about really cool. Yeah, cleaning out your system, and but they yet they still have something to teach us because, like you say, they have their gifts that are pretty outstanding, and we're all here to share our gifts. So they are teaching us that. Um, That's exactly right. Yeah. So yeah, well, you see people, those people who have incredible, powerful gifts that have autism. Yeah, and uh, and, and I'm yeah, I, and I'm knowing that people can recover from it is yeah. um, paramount. Yeah, well, otherwise, what happens to kids? They just be offering them some more big pharma drugs if they're too disabled, autistic young adults, right? Right. Yeah, well, we can end on a nice note here because really all you, the information you've given is, is just common sense, you know, and it's going back to nature. It's going back to basics. We can heal ourselves with the foods and the herbs and the plants and the essential oils. All of nature is there available to us still as long as we take care of nature. I mean, we, yes. we have it all accessible to us and um and it's about communication and reaching out to other people as you did with me as you do with so many people in your area we have strength in numbers and in information so if we can spread information we don't have to succumb to any mandates or any dictates that uh governments wish to put on to us i mean it's really up to us we the people are the government and we just have to remember that I agree with that. Boy, do I ever agree with that. Now I know you're my dear sister friend forever. <laughs> um, and, well, yeah, I'm really big into regenerative agriculture and permaculture. I've done a lot of work like that years ago here, helping restore human-made erosion in the mountains from logging and stuff like that. And I got to work with a really good geologist by a botanist what was his other degree in um, 
um, anyway, I, permaculture. He'd studied extensively with a guy who's really famous, really famous now in Australia, and learned a lot about restoring, you know, like land that had been logged out and the rocks and the gravel are falling downhill and, and all that. But that's a lot of a similar um, science and art of restoring our croplands and pasture lands and transition, they call it regenerative ag, mm -hmm. is big in the organic movement now calling that. And they're doing so many good things for people. And vets, I saw these great farms that are set up in California and they're for vets to have a healthy job growing heirloom organic food and having a business that they can work in that's healthy for them and the other people and healthy to eat and, and sell. And, uh, but it's regenerative ag is uh, transitioning acres of land that's been used for chemical, commercial, cropping, uh, GMO, whatever. I don't know how you neutralize all the GMO diseases. We voted it out of our county years ago up here. And a, a couple adjacent counties did too, said you can't grow GMO here. Um, this is a way that people can quickly actually take the land and change it over so it becomes heirloom, organic, really good soil. And we got to do that. We just got to do it. I've watched, I grew up where there was so much farmland and everything and, and what they've done to our country. I don't know what else to say except there's a lot of young people that are really into this now. And I just trip out watching them, all the videos they show me of all the fair food and, and, and we're going to heal our, our country, basically. Every community that gets away from all these chemicals is a lot healthier community for it, too. And, and the food, like Russia said, we don't need to go GMO or any of that stuff. You can make your people sick if you want to, but we're not going to. It pisses me off where our country is like the lowest on the totem pole, of, I think. I don't know about China. Well, they people, even have people like you around, Megan, we're going to change things. We can change things. So I just want to thank you so much for being on this show. Thank you for your knowledge, your wisdom, and your light, sharing that with us. And I, I appreciate everything that you're doing. You keep up the good work, and we'll be in touch. All right. I just want to thank you for embracing me and calling me back and let, letting me uh, uh, learn from you. Uh, I've tried a lot of other people, and they're either too busy or they weren't. But, uh, anyway, I just really treasure this opportunity to meet with you. And like I told my friend, I said, my mama, Elsie Grace Simpson, is up on her grave dancing with a sword of light saying, you go, girl. You just talk about it and tell these people <laughs> that they can be in touch and we'll do anything we can to help each other. Yeah, I, that's great advice. You go, girl. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, for listening. I really appreciate uh, all of my listeners and lots of love to you. Bye-bye. Visit or consult with Roseanne Lindsay, naturopath, at natureofhealing.org or you can find her books at her website and at amazon.com 
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.